sectional times, jump out reviews, format track work. Unless you're a real form analyst, you don't have time to read into these things. But here on Racing with Robbo, this is going to be the most relatable horse racing podcast that you'll ever listen to. We're going to preview the upcoming weekend's races and we're going to recap the weekend's races that have just gone past. But they're not going to be from a form analyst point of view. They're going to be from the point of view of an everyday punter who occasionally has to chase his losses. So if you work all day during the week and you can't afford to check the form guide endlessly and check sectional times, this is the podcast for you. So strap yourself in, because this is Racing with Robbo. Hello and welcome back to the second instalment of Racing with Robbo. I am your host, Daniel Robinson, a.k.a. Robbo. Follow me on all socials. Thank you. I need the lights. Today, we are going to be recapping last week's Herbert Powell weekend, where William Pike single-handedly destroyed the racing card with four winners, taking out two of the Group 1s, getting a third in the other, winning a listed race and winning the Group 2. The man's on fire. We're also going to preview the one of the most important race days on the Victorian Spring Racing Card. That is the Caulfield Cup, which is being ran this Saturday at Caulfield. We'll also slightly highlight uh, just the one race from Randwick, uh, the Everest, uh, which will be, I believe, a three-way battle between Major Strip, Gaitra, and Behemoth, the big Behemoth. But without further ado, let's go into this week's News brought to you by racing.com. I need to stop saying brought to you by because I'm not actually sponsored by them, but I just use them because uh, they have the best racing news um, and most up-to-date racing news. So the barrier draw has come out for the Caulfield Cup on the weekend. And to say the least, it's a pretty interesting uh, barrier draw, to be honest. Um, Anthony Van Dyke, the international raider, the favourite of the international raider, raiders, I should say, um, will be jumping out of barrier 21. Now, it's it's actually not a bad barrier. Um, he doesn't want to get forward, Anthony Van Dyke, so jumping from a wide gate, he'll be able to just settle in midfield. Um, and this will work out, I reckon, good for him in the long run. Buck Hurst, who is another of the international Raiders, who's going to be written by Ben Malum, gets gate number nine, right smack bang in the middle. So, um, yeah, this will give this will give Benny Malum some good options in the first 450 to 600 metres uh, where they run out of the straight at Caulfield. So not, not the longest straight at Caulfield, but it's fairly... Long Finch, who is the favourite of the Waller Yard, is out of gate 12, uh, which should be all right uh, considering he's got very big strides. Um, so having a wide gate will allow him to get in the stride early, use those big strides and come across as he likes to lead. Toffee Tongue will be jumping out of gate 5. He's the last of the good Raiders, I would say, out of the good barrier draw. Um, she was really surprising in the Turnbull Stakes. No one 
no one really expected her to run on to third, I believe she got, maybe even second, um, which was an unbelievable run. Um, and she ran 10.98 seconds between the 400 and the 200 in the Turnbull. So she's got speed. She definitely has turn of foot. And she's down to 51 kilos. So from gate five, she'll be able to just sit here behind them, one out, one back probably, and just get a nice little toe into the race and then open up on around the 600 down the side near the railway lines and just open up and explode. And even though she's at $16, do not discount her. As we go to the bad barrier draws, Avilius has drawn 17. That is shocking. With his slower turn of foot, um, yeah, it's going to be hard, very hard for Avilius. So did Shapata has driven, drawn, I should say, not driven, drawn gate 16. Um, she lacks gate speed, um, so unless something changes there, she didn't show great gate speed on the weekend in the Herbert Powell, which she went on to win. But she, uh, yeah, she if she doesn't show the good gate speed, um, she's down to 50.5 kilograms, my apologies. Um, so if they do roll forward and get into it, um, he actually has a massive chance. Uh, the ugly draws is Vow and Declare last year's Melbourne Cup winner. Uh, um, the big question is, where does Ollie go from here? Because he's jumping, jumping from gate 18. Um, you think she has to go forward and slot in, but um, man, she doesn't have the greatest sectional, so it could get ugly, um, to say the least. And dashing Willoughby, barrier number one for the European. That is going to be, as they say on Racing.com's article, poison. Um, the Europeans usually take time to build momentum. Um, and she's going to be stuck stuck back along the rail, and she's going to need a lot of luck to get out of where she was, uh, where she is, I should say, in gate one, um, unless some miracle happens and she can somehow get to the outside, which I find very, very, very unlikely. Anyway... Moving on now from that, because there wasn't actually a lot of news today and I was quite surprised. Um, let's recap last weekend's Herbert Power weekend. So, obviously, it was dominated by the wizard, Willie Pike, uh, with four winners on the day. Just cheeky taking out. Let's go through his card, actually. Taking out too many races, to be honest. He won. The Group 1 Caulfield Guineas on Old Kirk, which was a very, very convincing win. Did it quite comfortably. Um, was expected to run that well and just was probably the best of his rides. He rode dirty work also for the JR Hawks team in the Group 2 Shalask. Oh, can't even say it. Shows how bad I am at... Uh, his job, the McCafe Skalansky stakes, I would say, over 1,100 metres, were road dirty work at $4.10 a place. Great little ride, sat on the outside, whipped around him. Thank you very much. Came from last. So that was one of his better rides on the day as well. Of course, he got four winners, so everything's a good ride. 
His other winner for the days was he rode Windstorm in the listed $175,000 listed weekend hustler. Rode Windstorm for the Grant and Alana Williams stable. Um, he's ridden a lot for them in WA where he's dominated for years now. Um, and they bring their best across for the spring carnival and normally chuck him on board and it's paid dividends as he's they've got themselves a nice little pocket winning the listed weekend hustler. His last of these winners, and this was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was an upset, but it certainly wasn't what a lot of people expected. Now, everyone knew it was a possibility to happen. Arcadia Queen knocking off Russian Camelot, but in saying that, if Russian Camelot had a one, no one was surprised. Okay. So Arcadia Queen sweeping around Russian Camelot at the 300 and racing away to win by just over a length and a quarter and absolutely pantsing the star Damien Oliver, Damien Oliver, Danny O'Brien horse um, was unbelievable to watch. Um, he jumped well, settled in behind them just like he did. On dirty work, he came from the back, but really, in his def- in really, it's a six horse race, so it's not hard to come from the back. Uh, Swept around them on the corner, got eye to eye with Russian Camelot in the last three hundred meters, and then just raced past her and absolutely pantsed him. Um, once again, Grant Milana Williams, Willie Pike on board. The man's in good form, so he got four winners on the day. But his other two rides for the day, Zabrowski in the Herbert Power for the JR Hawks team, he got second. On Superstorm, the other uh, Grant and Alana Williams runner that he rode on the day, that would make three for the day, he got third in the Group 1 Turak. So out of his one, two, three, four, five, six rides, Four winners, one second, one third. That's jockey of the day. He wins jockey of the day, hands down. No one will do as good as that. That is an unbelievable strike rate. I'm no good at mathematics. I'm not even going to try and work out that strike rate. But, well, it's firing at 80%. No, it's not. 75. Anyway, something like that. That's an unbelievable day of racing for... Willie Pike. To highlight those races, obviously he won everything. The Group 1 Caulfield Guineas, we rode Old Kirk. Just to recap that race for us. He rode, so obviously he rode Old Kirk. Asaf with Tom Dabbening and Ben Hayes, ridden by Damien Lane. Uh, ran on for second and then Grand Slam for the Kieran Maher and David Hughes's team ran on for Third, very, very good race. Uh, it was well run, very strong field all the way down. You look at King's Legacy, finished ninth, national choice down the bottom. Tagaloa, who t- has pulled up lame, uh, has fi- did finish at the rear of the field, but has excuses because he pulled up lame. Um, but it was a stacked field. Old Kirk was the, the better of the horses on the day 
one by 0.4 of a length over Azar, but that distance, the margin doesn't really outline how good he run. Which is the perfect ridden race by Willie Pike. Um, and can't fault it. So great work there to the Hawks team. The other one of the other group ones, the Sweeps Thousand Guineas, was won by Odeon from the Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. team, ridden by Michael Walker, who is not getting a lot of rides at the moment, which is very surprising considering he's come out. It's his only ride for the day at Caulfield on a Group 1 day. He comes out, wins a Group 1 comfortably by close to two lengths on a $10 shot. Man's in very good form. I don't know why he can't get rides. It's beyond me. Uh, obviously, there must be something else going on. Can't. I'm not going to speculate, but it's very, very weird to think that one of the best jockeys cannot get rides. Uh, the Tom and Tom Dabening and Ben Hayes team pulled up another second with Damien Oliver on board of personnel. Um, ran on very comfortably, one by two, uh, beaten by two lengths in the end, but ran on well. If Odeon wasn't there. Um, was the clear best horse in the field with instant celebrity for the Philip Stokes team with Craig Williams on board, instant celebrity. Run on well, was expected to lot run in the top three, so he's done what he's expected there. Um, going down the field, Aiden's field, Evangelic led early. Night Raid was out of it. Mozzie Monster, Rock by Ward. Hungry Heart was expected to do a little bit better than he did. He finished in seventh. Um, for Chris Waller and Hugh Bowman. I thought he would have ran a lot better, um, but on the day, Odeon, Odeon was just too strong. Um, great trading performance by Mick Price and Michael Kent and great ride by Michael Walker. So congratulations to the connections there. Moving on to the Ned Stakes, obviously one again by Willie Pike, just another one that he wins. Um, knocked off Russian Camelot, could not believe the run, though, by Humidor in third. He's in a battler. Chris Waller, Craig Williams on board. He's an absolute battler, Humidor. Doesn't matter what race you put him in. Doesn't matter who he comes up against. He will deliver every week. In fourth and fifth were the Matty Williams-trained OTI runners, Harbour Views and Galo Shop, and then Lavendi for Paul Galagotis with Jason Maskeel on board, finished at the rear of the field. But it was all Arcadia Queen. Coming down the side, Russian Camelot was slightly over-racing in third, sitting in behind the leaders, the the two OTI runners. Um, and Arcadia Queen, which is sitting pretty at the end, got to the corner. Willie Pike pulled, him to the, pulled her to the outside and just said, goodbye, see you later, onwards and upwards to the Cox Plate in two weeks. On to Old Kirk. Race nine. Was the Turak, the Lexus Turak handicap, won by one that I did not even give a chance, Mr. Quickie for Philip Stokes and the absolute star jockey at the moment, take out Willie Pike. One race day. She's, he's Willie Pike's had one good race day in the last two months. Jamie Carr has been consistent for the last, I would say, for the last three months. Jamie Carr is winning. Uh, crap load. Second was Buffalo River for the Moroni team with Craig Williams on board, and then Superstorm for Willie Pike and Grant Alana Williams finished in third. 
Age of Chivalry was in behind them with Sosie Bond, Cascadia, and Juna Pell, I Am Superman. Uh, Sir Cody and Sakandraban finished at the rear of the field with Harlech. But it was just all Mr. Quickie. Um, at the 400, was sitting in fourth. At the 800s, was sitting at sixth. Ended up winning by two lengths. So it wasn't like he just got up and won. He won comfortably. Um, sat in behind the leaders, obviously sitting in eighth. Sat in behind the pack. Just got a nice little trail into the race. And then when the gaps opened up, Jamie just took the rail and just swooped. And it was just, it was an outstanding performance, to be honest. So congratulations there to Philip Stokes and Jamie Carr for getting a $16 winner. is unbelievable in a Group 1. But, you know, Group 1, anything can happen. The last race of the day was the Ned's Herbert Power Stakes that was taken out by the Moroni runner of Shapata, who has a run in this week's Caulfield Cup. Daniel Stackhouse was on board. Great ride. One by just over a length and a quarter. Second was Zabrowski for Michael, for the Hawks team, I should say, with Willie Pike on board. And then great to see back in the place getters, back up at the top of the list, Peter G. Moody with Platinum Invader. Great run by his horse. Only just got up in the end, beating out Gallic Sheaf to do a photo finish for third. But it was a very good run race. Great to see Peter Moody back in the, well, I wouldn't say the winner's circle, but back in the place getter's circle after a tough time away from the track. Um, Order of the Garter is the talking point coming out of the Herbert Power. Finished at the rear of the field, was expected to do a lot better. He finished at the rear of the field, 5.65 lengths off the leader, so it wasn't like he was just beaten. He was beaten convincingly. Just never looked into it, over-raced throughout it. Just did not want to go with who led. It just did not want to go with the chosen one who led. From the start, I mean, he had gate four, so it wasn't like he had to cross and take the speed. He jumped, jumped well, settled in front with the chosen one, and then just couldn't stay on, beaten on the day convincingly by a lot of other horses. And I haven't read a lot into it, but I'm sure there's something that just wasn't right on the day. Either he underperf- underperformed or something disturbed his run or he just wasn't fit enough for the run we we don't really know i don't really know i'm not an expert um but it was a standout performance by shapata and going forward into this week's corfield cup i think he's a very long shot i don't think he can win it but as i said before it's a group one anything can happen if he gets the right one run from his gate anything can happen so that concludes our wrap of the herbert power weekend last weekend Welcome back to the second part of today's podcast. Uh, time to preview the weekend's races. The big one. Actually, no, you know what? Let's not do the Stellar or Twilight Caulfield Cup just yet. Let's go to the Everest. You bring up the form for Royal Randwick in the Everest. 
rice number eight or nine. Race seven. The Everest, race seven. Classic legend. Last start. Second in a field of eight. Over the 1,200 metres. Interestingly enough, in that race, the first horse was Libertini, who is coming up again this weekend in the Everest. So Libertini... Uh, It says here in the notes, the unlucky winner in la last, unlucky runner in last year's Everest, a terrific both runs this preparation, winning the shorts, resuming, and did more than enough when runner-up in the premiere last start, will be right at his peak and ready to win. So that says a lot about Classique Queen at Legend. Has a great jockey, informed jockey of Kieran McAvoy on board. We'll give him a red-hot crack, paying $4.80 in the market at the moment. Might actually be starting favourite by the looks of it. Go down the field, we got Santa Ana Lane. Not a lot has to be said about Santa Ana Lane. Unbelievably good horse. Gives you what it has to every week and will not disappoint. Behemoth. Now, people were fighting for this horse to get a run in the Everest, and they listened. They put him in. Um, bought for $6,000, if I am not mistaken, and has now gone on to win an absolute banana load. His last two wins have been Group 1s. He's won the Memsey, and then he won the Sir Rupert Clark Stakes at Caulfield. Now, he beat out in the Memsey Stake, he beat out Mr. Quickie, who went on now to win the Turak on the weekend. And in the Sir Rupert Clark, he beat Dollar for Dollar, who will be coming up against him again this weekend at Randwick. So... That'll be quite interesting to see that challenge. Now, he has never run at the track before, and he's never run. Well, he has run over the distance. That's a lie. So he's never run. Oh, he has. Oh, sorry. My mistake. He has run at the track once. When was that? Last year. The 12th or the 10th last year. In the Silver Eagle, he ran, which was last weekend. Actually, it happened. So he ran eighth last year in the Silver Eagle. That was his last start out at Royal Randwick over 1,300 metres. So he should be better for the run. Nashville Wheeler jumps on board. Trained by Darren Jolly. Hasn't raced in just under a month, but should be better for it. Keep that one in your... Get the one in the back of your mind. We go down the field and we have Bivouac. Uh, Geetra, that's another one I should highlight. Geetra is an unbelievably good horse. Beat Nature Strip last start out in the Concord. Beat out Dirty Work, who went on to win on the weekend for Willie Pike. Uh, won the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes in autumn and was impressive running down Nature Strip in the Concord, resuming last start. Has won his Rose Hill trial in the interim and he's drawn to get a nice run behind the speed. Right in this is what they say about it. Libertini, as we go down the field with two Fontaine as well. He's Tefane's in there, dollar for dollars in there. Libertini, I'm going to highlight. Burst into calculations with an impressive win in the Premier, resuming. Has an excellent record over the Randwick 1,200 metres and only has to run up to the last win to be right in the finish. Last start out. He won the Premier Group 2 stakes. 
beating out Classique Legend and Deprive. So that'll be quite interesting to see. He's also a very high chance of winning. Um, it's just a stacked field, and I really don't want to be giving out tips because I do not know really what I'm talking about when it comes to tips. I just like to look at the field. I'm just trying to be relatable here, and I can give you a tip, but, I mean, don't count on me. I'm going with Nature Strip. It's the best-run horse of Royal Randwick of this field. I just think when it when the whips come a-cracking late in the day, Nature Strip's going to know what to do. James McDonald's ridden him, ridden her to every start. He's an absolute star. He rode Hartnell to every second against bloody Winks in that four-year period. He knows what he's doing on Chris Waller horses. He knows what he's doing at Royal Randwick, and I just think Nature Ship's going to be better for the run and will win at $5 odds. So that is my wrap of the Everest. Moving on to, finally, the Stella Artois Caulfield Cup, the headline event of the Caulfield Cup Carnival, which is being ran this Saturday, race number nine at 5.15 over the 2,400 metres at beautiful Caulfield. Favourite in the race is going to be very elegant for Chris Waller and Michael uh, Mike, Mark Zara on board. Coming off a win in the Turnbull just over two weeks ago. Looks fresher for the run, looking up in distance to the four hundred no, to the twenty four hundred from the two thousand. Should be better for the run. Looks fit, in best form at the moment. Mark Zar is in good form as well on board. Chris Waller, you can never doubt his runners, um, and is a very, very, very earning favourite. Vaughn Declare for Damien Oliver, Danny O'Brien Stable. Got a shocking barrier. Last year's Melbourne Cup winner. And I think I just think the Caulfield Cup's not what he's looking to win at the moment. I think the one to be on him, if you're gonna be on him in anything, is the Melbourne Cup. Um so I would probably dismiss him for this one. Anthony Van Dyke, I don't know a lot about him. He's an international raider from Ireland for the Aiden O'Brien stable. Hugh Bowman jumps on board. Um Huey knows what he's doing. He's been around the traps long enough. He's won every race there has been. So don't discount Anthony Van Dyke in one little instant. His last up, his last run was over the 2400 at Longchamps in France where he came first. He beat out Stradivarius, who is supposed to be one of the best stayers in the world, won everything to win in Ascot, has won I think three or four gold cups in a row. Um, so that is very good form coming into this race. Will be interesting to see how he goes in the Australian way to do it. We'll have the lugging bit and the crossover nose band on, but he has those all the time, so that'll be all right. Down the order, another of the international raiders, Buckhurst for Joseph O'Brien out of Ireland. Ben Mallum jumps on board. Last start out was over 2414 at Leopardstown in Ireland, I believe, where he ran a valiant fifth. Should do well in the run. I've never seen this horse, obviously. No one has seen this horse. Um, So going purely off its odds and who it's come up against in the recent times, $11. I think it's a good long shot, but I just don't know a lot about it to comment. Dashing Willoughby has a terrible draw of gate two. 
I think he's out of it. Finch out of gate 12 is an absolute steal at $12. Very good horse. Loves to gallop. Got a very big open action. Came third last start out against the big field at the Turnbull Stakes. Finished in behind Very Elegant and Toffee Tongue. Looks better for the run. Is a Frankel. His sire is Frankel. He's a seven-year-old gelding. The tongue tie goes on with the lugging bit and a synthetic hoof filler. Obviously something wrong there with the hoof. Third up last start over the 2,000. Looking for a little bit longer. Loves a, Has his nice flowing action and should do well. Number 10, Prince of Aaron. I think he's been adopted as an Australian. He's just an amazing horse. Third last start out at Kempton Park. But you've only got to go back to last year when he won. Won the Geelong Cup over 2,400 metres with Michael Walker on board. Obviously, Walker doesn't take the ride this weekend as he's, I don't know why, but he's not getting the ride. Jamie Carr jumps on board. That is a beautiful little trade there by Charlie Fellows. Jamie Carr's in great form. Good pickup for Jamie as well. Congratulations for your first, I believe, first Caulfield Cup. I'm not 100% sure on that. Obviously, she might listen to this, and if you do listen to this, congratulations. Uh, he then went on to run a very, very defiant second in the Melbourne Cup behind Bowen de Clare, uh, just edged out Il Paradiso. Has good form coming into the race, a lot of thirds. Um, came second, or not second, he came sixth in behind Stradivarius, who won the Gold Cup at Ascot on the 18th of June, but that was over 4,000 metres. So he's had that long run in his legs. He's jumped back then. His last start, he was beaten by Enabel, who is one of the best horses in the world. Enable beat him last start. That says a lot about this. Coming into this race, $18 odds. Don't discount him. Maybe even jump on him for a Cups double. Master of Wine for the Hawks team. Craig Williams jumps on board. Lovely horse. Great action. Fifth last time out over the 2,000 metres in the Turnbull Stakes. Obviously in behind, very elegant. I don't need to say that again. Before that, was freshened up three weeks over 1,600 over the Maccabi Diva. So he's been working up towards this distance. He's been working up in the in distances up to 2,400. Blinkers go on. Earmuffs pre-match are, are pre-race only, and the lugging bit goes on as well. $7.50, good-looking odds for that horse and could go very close out of gate seven. We'll get a nice little trail into the race. I think it's going to be a very elegant or Anthony Van Dyke for this weekend's um, Caulfield Cup. I know this has been quite long and it's been a lot longer than I expected. So thank you if you are still listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. These will be released every Friday um, they'll get filmed on a Thursday and will be released on a Friday before the weekend's running. So thank you, and I hope to see you next week. Safe punting.